Hey everyone, welcome back to the Tribe of Nerds. Will, JJ, and I are finally here with the review of She-Hulk. Uh, nine episodes of She-Hulk. Has, it has finally finished, um, and it is the second to last uh, Phase 4 project, because uh, we just have Wakanda Forever coming up. But um, yeah, we'll talk about She-Hulk. So I guess, what were your guys' impressions of She-Hulk as a whole? As a whole, it doesn't feel like a show so much about She-Hulk as it is like a, um, oh, I don't even know how to describe it. It, it feels more like a, a Marvel Universe show in the yeah. way that the cameos pop in and out. <laughs> and I'm like, that was intentional. It seemed real intentional. And based on the very little that I do know about the comics, this makes sense as a character to make that happen. Um, I felt like they took some time to find their footing in that, uh, mm-hmm. especially using um, Hulk, Bruce Banner's Hulk, as uh, uh, instigating factor in the show. And we got some call-outs to that at the end of the show as well, and Abomination being a staple. So, like, sometimes it really wasn't She-Hulk's show at all. Um, other times it was, like, sort of her show. So kind of weird. Um, some... Some of the strategy for the plot landed for me. Some of it didn't. Yeah, I can agree with that. Uh, Will, what were your impressions of She-Hulk? So, kind of like what JJ was saying, um, I agree with this point. It's It definitely, especially the more episodes came out and I started getting comfortable, or at least used to the style of it all, mm-hmm. it felt more like, like an MC universe show and it just revolved around She-Hulk's perspective. Mm-hmm. And at first, at first I uh wanted more action with She-Hulk, but then as I was kind of like getting used to it, it kind of grew on me in a way because it was something different and that was something that I always really wanted out of the show mm-hmm. or like just Marvel shows in general. And so I enjoyed it. Um, I'm not going to say it was like the best show ever. I don't even think it was like, I mean, I think it was around mid tier, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. There was definitely things that I enjoyed about it, but I, I honestly thought it was a nice breath of fresh air, something truly different from the MCU. I know we always talk about how, Oh, this show was really different. This movie felt different from Marvel. No, this was different as can be. It relied itself as a comedy. It's stuck to itself as a comedy. Mm-hmm. And then it was just like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're rolling with it. Right, and yeah. You got to appreciate it. Yeah, I I liked like the comedic bits uh, sometimes. Sometimes they didn't land, but that's kind of par for the course for the MCU right now. Uh, has been for a while, of course. We've discussed that for sure. Um I, and I, I, again, another new character that I did end up liking more and more as the show went on, um, and yeah, as you guys said, the cameos, there's a lot of stuff that popped in every single episode, it's like, what Marvel character is gonna come in now, and then you have some very obscure ones that we can kind of just mention in the Easter egg section, um, and we'll obviously talk more about, like, the major ones, um, but, yeah. Your point about comedy, uh... I really did like the comedy in this show and I felt like it stayed very consistent mm-hmm. and at no point did it feel like they were trying too hard. My only real complaint with it 
is that a couple of the characters that came into the show from other places felt like they got a little bit over comedic compared to their their former selves. In particular, I'm talking about Daredevil and Abomination. Mm-hmm. And Abomination, I can't really complain about all that much because they like it was so intentional that they changed his character this drastically. So like, I'm kind of okay with that, really. Daredevil didn't feel all that authentic to what the Netflix series was, and that's where he's coming from. So, like, I feel like we need a little bit of interim to show him making that progression to less of a dark and gloomy character. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, I I have I'll probably always complain about what they do with Daredevil if we're being honest. Yeah, we'll talk more about both of them, and definitely we'll have more to say about Daredevil. I'm sure you'll have more to say is when we get to him. All right, uh, let's talk about the, uh, I mean, I guess the other thing I wanted to mention as well is I was kind of hoping they'd set up more to do with the leader, um, but obviously he is coming back for Captain America New World Order, um, but I was kind of, I guess I wouldn't, I shouldn't say surprised because I knew that Marvel in Phase 4 has been trying to like surprise us a little bit with certain reveals and... Um, I guess sometimes they have been doing what we've thought they've, they're going to do, but I guess, uh, I, I wish they would have set up the leader a little bit at least, but they didn't do that, but we can kind of talk about that as we get into it. Um, all right, cast, uh, let's talk about Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk, Jennifer Walters, and I, I liked her more as the show went on. I think obviously she started, um, kind of immature and not really knowing things and then she as she kind of gets into this universe and kind of finds her footing i think she worked really well tatiana maslany is a great actress uh comedically i I, uh comedy wise i i think certain comedy maybe didn't land for me but for the most part there was a lot that did so i i liked her um i i'm anxious to see i guess how she is going to fit in with her fourth wall breaking uh, into other MCU things that tonally aren't necessarily going to match that, but we'll see. So, what are your guys' thoughts on She-Hulk as a character? I really liked Tatiana Maslany. Um, mm-hmm. I I wasn't really big on the CGI for She-Hulk. Uh, mm-hmm. Oftentimes, I didn't feel like uh, She-Hulk looked authentic. Well, uh, that's a weird word to use because authentic to what? But, like, facial expressions in particular just were off-putting sometimes because mm-hmm. they just they, they didn't look quite right. Um, and so I feel like that could have been done better. Uh, I really liked the actress. I thought she did a great job with the character. Um, I loved the fourth wall breaks. The finale, which I know we're going to talk about later, um, I kind of have mixed feelings on mm-hmm. in the fourth wall breaks, but in general throughout the show, um, like that was just, that's clever comedy. We don't get a lot of that. Um, and like, this was a, this was a refreshing character compared to other heroes that we've had in the MCU, because the whole point of the show is she's just trying to live her normal life. Right. And now she's got this thing thrown in. She's not really trying to be a hero or anything. And that's cool. You know, uh, of course, there are going to be people like that. Not everybody with powers is going to want to go, you know, fight the good fight. Right. I can agree with that for sure. Uh, Will, what are your thoughts on She-Hulk as a character? So I actually 
kind of liked her. Even early on, I think people were kind of giving her a little bit too much shit. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, the like, and I know I said this like Berkey when you and I fucking were talking about this shit. Mm-hmm. Um, so like it's okay for characters to be naive, especially in a TV show, because it's like, you like to see some kind of arc. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like it, if they start off perfect, you want to see something come around to test them. Mm-hmm. But if they're not perfect, you would like to see them improve their, some of their flaws or at least find a way to overcome certain flaws, you know, like, so yeah, no, I liked her. I thought the comedy from her, it, it wasn't like I was rolling on the ground laughing, but I was smiling through a lot of these episodes. Mm-hmm. Whether it was certain cameos or just certain jokes. Like, there were certain jokes that, like, like they would make, and I'd just be like, all right, they got me on that one. Because, like, sometimes they would call, they would make certain jokes about what certain people did, you know, or, like, how certain fans react. Yeah. Or what they were yeah. expecting. And I'm like, yeah, I was kind of expecting this. All right, you got me there. Like, the fucking, um, the wedding episode. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, what? We we just finally got Daredevil, and now we're having a wedding episode? Or, or you got the reference for Daredevil? Yeah. And now we're having a webisode? Yeah, we're doing this right now. Weddings are inconvenient. Like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was just like, I, I'm like, all right, that's fair. A lot of shows do that already. It's just that the fourth wall break that they add to the, ele- like the element of the fourth wall break mm-hmm. kind of adds that comedic level. Mm-hmm. I do think fourth wall breaks can sometimes be overused mm-hmm. um i don't think per se the finale was overused i enjoyed it i know we'll talk more about it later but like I, I enjoyed it but there were certain things i wish they would have done sooner mm-hmm. but overall she was she was pretty solid as she hulk jj i'm with you um the effects of it weren't the greatest but, you know, like, certain things like that I can overlook. You know, it's like, it's a show at the end of the day. We've seen a lot of times how certain TV shows, the budget is drastically different compared to other ones. Mm-hmm. Especially for the type of stuff. Because even in my favorite show, fucking Moon Knight, the fucking giant CGI battle at the end of the at the end of the series, yeah, it didn't look the great. It was so fun to watch for me, but... It, on a technicality standpoint, it didn't look very well all the time, but it's what happens. Right. Yeah, and like, I don't know. It's it's. I I think uh, I think her fourth wall breaking is like if she meets up with Deadpool uh, eventually, like those two can absolutely bounce each, off each other's like fourth wall breaks. But I'm just interested to see how she's going to match up with other characters outside of like hulk and like i mean just like how she's gonna bounce off like shan chi or like moon knight or like i mean if they end up tying together all these characters in like when it gets to the uh, next two avengers movies so um but yeah and i also liked uh, i will say how much it pissed off the incels and the man babies because like they got called out so much um, and it was funny. That that was really funny to me, and how much Jennifer Walters did it, and um, very much made me laugh uh, at those por- parts. Yeah, I was a fan of the 
kind of recurring sub-theme of how things were uh, being presented in the news and whatnot. We saw a lot of that and, like, Jen's reactions to that stuff. Mm -hmm. And that, that felt very, very realistic to our world. So that was nice. Right. It was a nice touch. And I also like how just other social – how the social media aspect of it all, like websites, TikTok, like you see how much like that influences stuff. And I think that's to the show's biggest strength is, like JJ was saying, it's really real. And it sounds crazy and sounds over the top. But there – there you look hard enough, you can find websites that are dedicated to hating certain individuals. Right. Especially, and let's be honest, we see how we are with like celebrities now. If superheroes exist, you know damn well those kind of like really twisted websites that they were finding like for She-Hulk yeah. would exist. Mm -hmm. And it, it it's not a fun thing to like, you know, admit, and it sounds stupid, like, oh, they're just blowing this up. It's like, no, nah, this is this is how we would be reacting in the real world. This is how individuals are. We do that for certain celebrities and athletes. If you think that we wouldn't do that, uh, do that to a real life superhero, you're living in a fantasy world. Right. Right. Very, very true. Um, all right. Anything else we want to say uh, about Tatiana Maslany as She-Hulk, or are we ready to move on to the next character? good all right uh let's talk about mark ruffalo as hulk we've seen him through the mcu obviously we talked about an end game we've talked about extensively how professor hulk or smart hulk is not uh our favorite um i i think like the first episode with like that relationship i think we kind of will and i talked about it after the first episode happened kind of like we got to talk about how like we can kind of see more of like what kind of Hulk struggles and kind of that kind of thing in that first episode that we've, uh, we haven't really seen with the character, uh, in a while. And, um, and like, honestly, I, um, we'll talk about that tease at the end of the finale, but like, I'm interested. I, I think the rumors might actually very much be true. Cause I think they're going to set some stuff up, uh, whether it ends up being something that is in the linear path that the MCU usually takes or whether it's like a flashback thing to like around like thor ragnarok i i don't know we will have to see but i i i like the general direction that maybe it could be heading towards with hulk um mark ruffalo felt fine you know uh a little bit better i think in this show uh professor hulk was than in um endgame mm -hmm. in my opinion I did really like the, uh, in the final episode, or not the final episode, but the second to last episode, when um, Jen lost control of her anger yeah. as She-Hulk, that felt like a nice, like, bringing us back to the first episode and the things that Bruce was trying to tell her about that she was ignoring, and right. this stuff has finally come to fruition for her. Um, and, and I get it. Like she was catching on to everything really quickly and she is in much better control of her emotions than he was at the beginning, but she's still struggling with some of these things, same things. Um, so like he, I think it was, he was well used as a character to help, um, she Hulk get explored initially and to pull him out of the show 
um, very shortly after was also a smart decision because we didn't want this to be a show about Hulk. Otherwise, you know, just make it a show about Hulk instead. Right. For sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I I know on the first episode, and I know I've, I said this to you, Jake, that at first I wanted to go into She-Hulk as a way of fixing Hulk. Mm-hmm. And then after the first episode and seeing how that react, like that interaction was, I actually then admit saying I'm glad they shelved him because ultimately it wouldn't be fair to She-Hulk, and I wouldn't be able to get a fair chance to see how I like She-Hulk if I constantly had the Hulk next to her. And even the show brought that up too, mm-hmm. which is really awesome. And but Mark Ruffalo, that I. I this show actually did a good job at reminding me why I really liked him in the first two Avengers movies. Right. When he wasn't forced to be the all-time clown, like, he can be funny. He has that awkward sense of talking sometimes where things just sometimes sound funny to him. hmm But, like, when he was getting for real with her and, like, talking seriously to her about certain things, especially, like, the struggles and stuff, like, that was some really good acting by Mark Ruffalo that I really enjoyed. It actually made me forgive the whole fast-forwarding to Professor Hulk, you know? Yeah. I think I would have liked Professor Hulk if we had more of this kind of interaction with him than just the the way I, I'm probably going to describe it is the nerd finally becomes buff kind of deal, you know? And right. Thinks he's hot shit now, you know? Because he had that attitude in Endgame for the longest time. Yeah. You know, he was flexing, you know, doing all this stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, these interactions he was having, he was still having fun. But like he, he he it felt more real in some ways. Like how a Bruce who finally got himself some control and peace would have felt. Mm-hmm. But um Mark Ruffalo was great. Um JJ, I hundred percent agree with you. It was really good to have him in brief moments to not only start off Jen's journey, but then the second from last episode be like kind of like this reminder of like try to fucking warn you. And I do appreciate, even when shit was hitting the fan, like, throughout the series, she tried contacting contacting Bruce. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I just like that little... It's just like those minor minor things that I really enjoy, because that's like a, fa- a true family dynamic. And it also was cool to see him again at the end of the episode, you know, at the end of the series, you know, show up. And then we'll talk about the, the big reveal that got me a little, like, you know, excited. Yeah, and I will say I liked the nod in, like, the second episode when Bruce is on the Sakaran ship and talking to Jen and and saying that he's literally a different person and it being, like, this meta joke about him uh, originally being played by Edward Norton and stuff. So I thought that was funny. Um, but uh, let's talk. Uh, anything else we want to say on Hulk? Or are we ready to move on again? We good. All right, let's talk Tim Roth as Abomination. Um, I, I think it was, again, it's really cool to bring back more stuff from The Incredible Hulk. Um, and uh, I was excited to see more character development from Blonsky and kind of just, like, go more into this character. And I think it was interesting to get this perspective of, like, when we first see him again and Blonsky's just like, I originally thought I was the good guy and that I was helping... Um, helping like that i was going to be the hero but then i got treated as the villain 
Um, I, I wasn't sure how I felt about it at the time because then I'm like, well, I mean, but, but then it's like, um, it makes sense, I guess, because this was a failed, uh, super soldier serum. Like they went through that and it gave him more aggression. And so like that maybe wasn't completely who he was. And we kind of saw that. And this is an abomination, like what, 15 years later, he was more chilled out and also come to terms with who he is. So... I'm interested to see now, we'll talk about the post credit scene later and kind of what happens in the finale with him, but I, I, for a moment, I thought maybe he had changed his ways, but maybe there was something inside that wasn't being, the, the truth wasn't being completely told, but I don't know. We'll have to see moving forward with Abomination, but I was interested in what they were trying to do with his arc. I want to say that the changes they made to his character are kind of disappointing mm-hmm. just because I wanted to see more of Abomination as the Abomination that we got in Incredible Hulk. Right. Um, but, like, that aside, I do appreciate, again, just like She-Hulk, that we're getting these, um, char- these powered characters in the universe now who are not falling into these typical roles of heroes or villains they're just existing in the world as themselves Mm -hmm. also as people who happen to have powers and um i think it was a clever way like him having his retreat as a way to explore some other uh powered characters as well Mm -hmm. some of whom were very out there yeah The design change, I don't think landed for me all that well. I think I preferred his design in Incredible Hulk. Fair um, enough. The the fish-like features in particular um, were not my favorite. Fair enough. I think they were going for something more from the comics, but I can understand why Like it'd be weird all of a sudden go from what we got in Incredible Hulk to just all of a sudden it completely changed. So, um, but uh, yeah. Will, what were your thoughts on Abomination? Um, I didn't, I didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I was actually kind of digging the whole early on, like, hey, you know, I thought it, like, like you were saying, like, I thought I was the good guy, you know, and it was cool. Like, we've seen the trope before in, like, other movies and stuff, not maybe necessarily Marvel movies, mm-hmm. but just, like, it's still a cool trope that, to go oh, down to. Because ultimately, he was just a soldier following orders in a sense. Right. Or at least trying to be the best he could be. Kind of like, oh, what's his name? From uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Oh. Oh, What's his name? John Walker. Yeah. In a way, he's like, he was John Walker before John Walker. He was the failed John Walker. Right. Exactly, Because they were ultimately trying to create another super soldier serum. Mm Mm-hmm. And, you know, Abomination came from it. Um, I I was more disappointed, honestly, that they... I don't want to say disappointed, but I was, I was fine with them bringing back Abomination as, like... Or at least teasing the idea that he was involved with these guys, you know, supporting them up. Mm-hmm. But it also, like, the way he was talking, though, too, it was like... It's like, okay, he really is just still trying to help people reach their goals it don't matter what their goals are because even then he was trying to talk to jen it's not like he hated jen right and so i that's like it was an interesting thing it was kind of funny to me and it kind of fit the show because he's like he's like oh jen he's like relax because he's like dude like (laughs) i'm not trying to cause problems here i I know this is awkward 
and she's like, you change. Like, she was more upset the fact that he's been changing into abomination. Right. Rather than these, all these guys have been hosting, like, <laughs> like these, like, like this event was going on on his property and shit like that. Yeah. <clears throat> but I think, uh, I think it was fine. I think we're going to probably see a more, uh, deeper side to him. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if he, he is going to be in the Thunderbolts, which I think he will be. Yeah. And so I think, I think we'll start seeing the more serious sides of them. I think what I've noticed is with Marvel now, depending on the type of style and medium they put you in, you see the different sides of characters come out. Right. Not necessarily that the characters change, but more so they focus on different sides of the character. Mm-hmm. Like Daredevil, like we'll talk about. I know JJ's probably got opinions on that. JJ's more of a d- big Daredevil fan than I am. So or me. Yeah. He's got a better understanding. Of, yeah, he's got a better understanding of what Daredevil is than I do. Mm-hmm. But like, I don't think... I don't think it's terrible all the time. I think it's just it was Abomination definitely the way he was portrayed definitely fit the style of this show. If he was like the Abomination from the Incredible Hulk, he would have no place in the show. Yeah, agreed. Um, yeah, I'm I'm interested. We'll talk about that post credit scene, and I I agree with you. I think he'll be in the Thunderbolts. I think they were holding off some revealing some members till. Uh, more stuff comes out, and so I think they were waiting till She-Hulk ended, so we, uh, so we didn't know, that's why we didn't know Abomination was gonna be in the Thunderbolts yet, so. Um, but let's, let's talk about, uh, Benedict Wan back as Wan, and, uh, I, we knew kind of that this was gonna tie into what happened in Shang-Chi with Abomination Wan, and, um... I was excited, uh, of course, uh, more Juan, as, as uh, Tatiana Maslany said, as, Jen, as Jennifer Walters said, uh, gives uh, gives your show Twitter armor for a week. Um, so, but I I like I always like seeing more Juan. Um, Juan's great. Um, even just tying in Juan to an episode about a uh, failed magician uh, in like episode four, I thought worked. So. Um, and I guess Juan now is uh, with uh, Madison as well, so I don't know if Madison's going to show up as well more in the MCU, but I'm interested that uh, Juan is now watching The Sopranos with uh, Madison, so we'll see what happens with that. Um, but your guys' thoughts on Juan being back again? This is another character that felt a little odd, uh, kind of like Abomination and Daredevil. Like, mm-hmm. they, we were seeing something from them that we don't typically see will i think you made a really good point that i hadn't thought about before on seeing the different aspects of characters and that's gonna um inform my opinions i think of daredevil in this show which i'll talk about in a minute yeah Uh, madison felt like a very weird choice for wong just very strange um i don't know wong's been in i think the most things in phase four yeah yeah uh, which is interesting because, um, like, he's Wong, you know. I mean, he doesn't particularly feel like a fan favorite. Um, yeah. So he's just kind of in the background the whole time, which makes sense given, like, who he is and him being the Sorcerer Supreme. Like, yeah, right. he's going to have some major fucking pull. But, like, Sorcerer uh, Supreme on technicality. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't matter if it's technicality or not. He still is. Yeah. 
at the moment. <laughs> we'll see eventually. Yeah, like I enjoy seeing Juan. It's a he's a fun character. Like, but like at the same time, I'm getting now to a point. I'm like, I really wish they would just really do something with the character. Like, I'm hoping, like, every time, like, the next time I see one, I'm like, I hope, like, a big impact's coming in some shape or form. I just hope this isn't just a running gag that they want to keep throughout the MC universe without, like, you know, some kind of big payoff. Mm -hmm. Maybe there will be. I'm just, it's just getting to the point now, I'm just like, oh, cool, Juan's here. All right, there's the connection. That's how he's connecting these characters to that past movie. Okay. Mm -hmm. All, All right. Now, was I expecting it in a She-Hulk? I probably shouldn't have, you know, because, again, like, the style of the show probably wasn't getting no crazy-ass reveal, except mm-hmm. for, you know, like, when we talk about the post credit scene, that might be a hit to something. But even then, like, I don't know. I, I just, If this is, like, I, I don't want to compare the two because it's not the same, but it's almost like if they're just trying to turn one into the next kind of Stan Lee cameo, that's not what I want. Yeah. Stanley had the special cameos because it was Stan Lee. Right, right. You know, and, you know, Wong uh, coming into these movies, you know, yeah, it's a funny joke. But now it's getting to the point now it's like, dude, he's gotten him. He's doing Source of Supreme stuff, getting himself involved in a lot of interactions going on. For what point? He still had a meeting with Shang Chi, and we're still not discussing what the fuck they were talking about on that. Yeah, how these rings, how the rings are can contacting something or a connection to something. Yeah, like that's still up in the air right now. Yeah, I think that is going to have something to do with what happened in Miss Marvel. To be honest, like I and like the the Marvels uh, movie the with Captain Marvel and Miss Marvel and Monica Rambeau. I think that's all. I think that's something to do with that and like Miss Marvel's bangles or whatever. So, but I, I could be wrong on that, but maybe that's, maybe it'll tie to Eternals instead if whenever those characters come back, who knows? So, um, but I guess, uh, let's talk about Charlie Cox's Daredevil. And for me, I've only seen season one. I haven't, I've, and a little bit of season two, I haven't continued watching, uh, or finished watching season two and I haven't seen defenders or season three yet. Um, but I, I was, I really liked, uh, Daredevil showing up in the last two episodes. I was waiting for it since they teased it. And since the marketing spoiled it because they wanted people to know Daredevil's back um i even liked just like when he shows up to help out the uh, luke jacobson the suit designer uh, on court where it's like oh my lawyer just hasn't showed up yet i'm like oh it's matt murdoch of course and then just like we got a hallway fight scene again which was awesome we even got some more of just like showcasing his powers and then you know i found it interesting that him and jen are like hooking up now and it's kind of like and jen just really wants to f daredevil now which is interesting um just like i i guess i shouldn't be surprised because they're both lawyers or attorneys um and stuff and you know daredevil's awesome but like i just didn't expect that to actually just all of a sudden turn into a relationship but jj i'll let you go to town and kind of talk about what you thought of your favorite character so um first of all i ship 
She-Hulk and Daredevil so hard. <laughs> um, I was very much a fan of this pairing of characters. I really liked their um, their banter like during the combat scenes and the fact that they are so different in the way that they approach these situations. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was pretty cool to see that stuff happen. Um, there were some changes to Daredevil that I really didn't care for. One thing in particular that I think was just a poor choice was the use of CGI for his acrobatics. Mm-hmm. Um, because if you look at the Netflix Daredevil series, that was not there. It was not CGI. It was all stunt work. And it looked really nice and really mm-hmm. clean. And that yeah, that's like some of the stuff that Daredevil does, like these acrobatic feats that they're putting into this show. And I get that they want to showcase that, but it just kind of takes away from some of the things that were so awesome about Daredevil. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't a fan of the suit colors. I wasn't. That's my personal opinion. Um, whatever. Um, him defending Luke Jacobson very much fell in line with some of the other choices he's made. He does balance uh, working with people who really, really need it and keeping himself afloat with money. Um and then on him being humorous in this show, it didn't feel like the Netflix series in that. Like one of the major selling points of the Defender series as a whole, particularly Daredevil and Punisher, is how dark and gritty they were. That being said, um, Will's point made me think about it some more. And I really do think that in these settings, when he's like interacting with these other heroes and stuff, he would present in that way where he's being kind of arrogant and funny and stuff especially around someone he's attracted to because let's be real matt murdoch does get around with women and she <laughs> does get around with uh people so like it kind of makes sense that they both were into that yeah i i can see that now and i like i'm fine with the relationship it obviously i guess it's like because the show the episodes are so short it's like all of a sudden this relationship just happens but i i like it i just it's such a short span of time for that relationship to get to the level it did. Um, but, you know, I guess it happens in real life, too. But, well, you can share your thoughts on Daredevil. Uh, it was cool to see him. Um, I, I didn't watch the Daredevil show, um, so I'm not going to pretend I'm this big Daredevil uh, fan. I, I, I like the character, don't get me wrong, but I like him from a different uh, show, and he was more of a cameo than than actual like main star and that was like the old uh one of the older spider-man cartoons i grew up watching with Mm -hmm. and that's one of my favorite daredevil costumes i've seen so jj i'm with you i wasn't a big fan of the color schemes i kind of wish they would have just gone with a darker red that's my personal take um i know it was more meant to it's always meant to be more of a light heartiness you know when we when uh like this kind of show is but the one thing that it's a joke that I just don't it's I didn't really find I found it funny, but it just kind of reminded me what bugs me sometimes, too, about certain things. So I don't the one thing that I've not been a fan of when it comes to Marvel is sometimes certain powers. It's OK to make a joke or two, but then I feel like we really don't always get to really appreciate just how awesome these certain powers or even skills are that they have. For example, Daredevil being blind, but having like this as like, yes, this I know for a lack of 
better word, this spatial awareness he has, like, you know, his echolocation. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's it's funny to make that joke about it and shit like that, too. But I wish they would have taken the really time, especially since this is his big MCU debut, to really, really show how impressive it could be. The The two times they did that was literally him just being like, I can hear all their heartbeats. And then it turned into a of a, a sexual tension joke, which is fine. It's <laughs> what the scene was going with anyways. But I would have liked to sit, show more of, hey, this is Daredevil's big debut. Let's give him a bit more love, you know? Yeah. I'm not saying they didn't do it, but I would have liked to see a little bit more love. It would have been a great way to from the highlight. And another time they did that, like the heart back, they did that with Spider-Man's spider sense and shit like that. Right. They kept calling it the tingle, and it, you know it was funny at first, but then it got annoying that that's why they always referred it to. You know, it was just almost annoying at that point. It's like, dude, like understand that this is what makes Spider-Man OP as fuck. Right. Like it's more than just a simple tingle. Like, it, and Daredevil, it's more than just simply echolocation. This motherfucker is like, really like like the the amount of skills he has with this shit is fucking ridiculous. One joke's fine, but it's like I would really like it to where you balance it out to showing how badass it is. Yeah. But it was good to see Daredevil. I'm I'm glad he made his official MCU debut. I can't wait to see more of him. I know I think he's got his own new either new season or a new show. Just new show. Daredevil out. Born Again. Yeah. Um So I, I, I think we're gonna I think we're going to see a more – I think we'll see a more grittier, darker side of Daredevil. It's not that he doesn't have a humorous side to it, but I think those that storyline might focus more on the darker aspect of things. So, JJ, I think you'll get your I, – I, I think you'll get the thing that you enjoyed the most about the previous shows back again. But it's also MCU. And you, you, at this point, we should expect that there's going to be some lighthearted moments, which is fine every now and then. Yeah. I will say on the lightheartedness – um, I thought it was really fucking funny when he was just walking around outside, still in his daredevil suit. <laughs> the walk of shame. Oh my god, that was that was that one had me going. Yeah, it was the walk of shame after he had sex with Chen. Yeah, and then he's just like, "Hey, good morning, random woman." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they also, uh, aside from also having the hallway fight scene, obviously the uh, the iconic scene that everybody loves from Netflix Daredevil that they did again here. They also played the Netflix Daredevil theme in the background with uh, when he said his name. Uh, and when Jen, like, unmasks him or whatever. Um, then, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm just excited to see more for sure. Um... And to see him go back uh, toe-to-toe with Kingpin again in Daredevil Born Again. That's going to be fun. I got to disagree Personally, with you I think... on that one. Uh, I, was just, I'm, I want him to have a new villain. I'm okay. ready for someone other than Kingpin. Go ahead, Will. Fair enough. I, I, I was just saying, just thinking about it because like, it was done in my head. I think, I mean, it's funny and it works out well because, you know, they're both lawyers. So him yeah. showing up in She-Hulk does make sense. Yeah. But it would have been yeah. really cool with the tone of Hawkeye if he would have shown up in there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's would have been his debut because then, yes, JJ, I know you want to see him with a new villain, but it would be a good, it's a classic daredevil villain to really, you know, springboard off of. You know, you can't go wrong with the, the big number one villain he's got, you know, or antagonist. So, Especially but I, I was just Hulk. thinking about that. Sorry. 
Um, no, you're good. Especially with Hawkeye's tone through that show, I think that those two characters in particular would have clicked really, really well. Um, and like, they're still both very much like street level villains or uh, heroes who are using um, mostly like gadgets and stuff. They they don't have big old superpowers, mm-hmm. uh, but they are fucking skilled. Yeah. Ooh. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I, like, these shows have even given me more respect for both these characters, and I'm excited to see more in his in Daredevil's own show. I just can't show. wait till they all meet Moon Knight, and Moon Knight oh. just scares the living fuck out of them. Yeah. Because they're gonna be like, who are you, Steven? It's gonna be this nice little, you know, cupcake, you know, they're gonna be like, oh, he's sweet. Mark's gonna be a little bit antisocial, but, you know, the main fighter. And then all of a sudden, Jake takes over, and oh. they're just terrified. Yeah. Because Jake just like, nah, we're all out for blood today. We are just full-on hands of getting sent. I can't wait for Marvel Knights, man. Yeah, yeah, um, or Midnight Suns or whatever they're going to set up with them. Yeah, I mean, I'm just I'm just ready for these characters to come together. Yeah, I'm, I'm ready for the next Avengers. I mean, at least we know we're getting two more Avengers again, Avengers movies again. Um, it's, uh, down the line. Um, all right. Uh, we have a couple other that I did want to talk about. Um, I mean, I did, I did want to talk about, uh, Luke Jacobson a little bit. I mean, if he's like the Edna mode of the MCU now from Incredibles, like that's literally, as soon as I saw him, I'm just like, okay, yeah, they're definitely going the Edna mode route and having a sassy character that just creates suits and is super knowledgeable and I don't know, some of his insults were kind of funny, like calling She-Hulk like a uh, old buffalo or something. I'm just like, geez. But. I, 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 yeah, I, thought, I thought it was cool. Go ahead, Bill. Uh, yeah, no, I thought he was a cool character in the sense of maybe not like personality wise, but I mean, like just the concept of somebody like this existing, because again, it really adds to that. It adds another fold into the MC universe that, like, superheroes are, like, and superpowered people are a common thing. Like, they are becoming more reincurring now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, people adapt. Society adapts to it. So, yeah, it doesn't surprise me that there's somebody who's making this much money and fame off of this kind of community that needs it, to be honest. And even though that they're not even all superheroes, they just need special outfits to probably contain their powers and stuff. You know, because Jen started off, like, just needing a suit for work, a dress, clothing. Right. That right. fits both her in her Hulk form and in her human form. So, like, it was cool that they, like, really showed that aspect of it. Because they were doing it throughout the whole time, even, like, with just the day-to-day life as her or as a lawyer. Yeah. JJ, you had more to say? Um, I, I can't stand this guy. I, I just can't. I think he's awfully arrogant. I did not like seeing him on screen anytime he was there. That being said, um, I do appreciate exploring the support system that powered individuals are going to need in the community, mm-hmm. the resources that they're going to need access to. Um, like the, the first three phases really focused on these heroes that had access to just immeasurable resources. Look at someone like Tony Stark. Right. Uh, Black Panther, and they just have all this money, all this science, all this technology at their fingertips. But then you get these street-level superheroes who um, don't have these resources, and they still need them. 
Uh, that was something that was explored in the Daredevil series. Like the first reveal of his, uh, like his cool red suit didn't come till the very end of season one. Um, because he, like he had to find someone to make that for him until then he was just like wearing this like black outfit that was just normal street clothes. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, um, I'm excited to, I'm excited to like build out this universe more with that. I know Daredevil had his own, um, suit designer in the Netflix show, right? Yeah. Melvin. Yeah. Um, so I don't know, maybe, maybe, I mean, maybe there's a reason he went to Luke, uh, because he couldn't get Melvin to design his suit. And I mean, or, I mean, if Netflix is technically still canon or not, I mean, I don't necessarily consider it, uh, but I mean, obviously they're bringing back these actors that everybody loved as these characters, but if they make it canon, then I'm, I, it makes sense, but. Um, I guess the only other one that I did want to talk about, uh, not counting the, like, family or, like, co-workers or whatever, uh, we did have Jamila Jamil's Titania, uh, the influencer. I thought she was going to be a bigger villain. I was kind of, I don't know. I mean, obviously, like, not really a likable character. We don't get any motivation for why she even burst in the courtroom other than, like, maybe she got hired by Todd a little bit. But I, I don't know. There wasn't... I thought she might be a little bit of a bigger antagonist in the show and she was just annoying or like didn't really do much. So. Yeah. I thought she was just a, an extension of this idea of how society is responding. I did like the lawsuit where she created the she Hulk products. I thought that was so incredibly petty. Yeah. And so much something that someone in our world would do. Mm -hmm. like absolutely that would happen um and for that reason i i just think she was trying to profit off of the the fame and notoriety of she hulk and she really did like at the wedding and everything like that um but uh yeah she didn't add much to the show for me in terms of her character because there was no real development and she didn't get like a lot it was just what effect did she have on she hulk's life that was represented in the show yeah Anything on Titania, Will? No, JJ nailed it. I mean, that's literally my thoughts with Titania. Yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> my dad actually called it. Like, he's like, you know, She-Hulk looks like Shrek, and then Titania on the show calls Jen Shrek in court. And I'm just, and my dad's just like, okay, so they, they actually said that, too. I'm just like, yeah, now, now Shrek is canon to the MCU. But, um, uh, I guess, did we want to just mention Todd as well? Cause like, I guess technically Todd was an antagonist. Um, and like with the, the rewritten, uh, we'll talk about the finale stuff, but the rewritten, uh, Hulk blood, uh, plot line that got, uh, obviously scrapped in the <laughs> middle of the finale. But, um, obviously Todd was built to be this like really creepy rich guy that just wanted Jen's blood and, like, obviously you're meant to, like, cringe at everything he says, like, when he's talking about how, like, he got, he used this money to take a trip to Wakanda after it opened up in Black Panther, and how he got the spear, and, like, <laughs> just being very cringe about saying Wakanda forever, and just, like, I don't know, it just very much, uh, I, 
I knew that the leader, it was either going to be the leader that they were setting up or it was just going to be Todd. And I wasn't like shocked that it was just Todd that was running this like intelligentsia incel thing. But oh, well, I mean, and I'm glad that they didn't actually stick with Todd becoming a Hulk because that would have that was almost just a very stupid thing that happened. I think the thing that you got to look at with these characters, especially these antagonists, is kind of like what JJ was saying with Titania. They're not necessarily the characters themselves aren't important, mm-hmm. but the ideas and what they represent are. Yeah. Titania is an influencer. She is one that capitalizes on marketing styles and lives to be petty. Those people exist. Right. Todd's that creepy son of a bitch, you know, that we see all the, he's every one of those trolley comments you read on the internet. All those like very nasty, cringy each comments, all that exists. That's a Todd. Yeah. And like yeah. yeah, the character himself, yeah, is irrelevant. It it doesn't mean much. But what he embodies and what he organizes, that's what the show is capitalizing on. That's why like with the ending when they rewrit everything, it didn't change anything. Right. Ultimately, right. because what Todd represent was what they were tackling. Right. And because right. she even said itself, the powers aren't the bad guy. It's Todd and his way of thinking is what's bad. And so I think that's what that show, the show does pretty well. And I respect it in the sense that, you know what, like this was like a show that like made me kind of rethink a lot of things because now I look back at other shows and other times I thought of, oh, damn, this this character got wasted. We barely got any of this or they barely did anything of that. I'm not saying it always had like every day like, as an excuse for every shallow written character. Mm-hmm. But this is a TV show. It's not like a movie. These are re- meant to represent ideas. And so I think that's the way that they were going about it. And I think they actually pulled off really well. I cringed every time Todd was talking. Yeah, they <laughs> that's exactly probably what they wanted you to do. Yeah. Because yeah. we all know a Todd. Right. We all know right. an area where you could find a Todd. Right. Very yeah. true. I, I see what you guys are saying. Uh, JJ, anything else on Todd? Um, really, I don't have a lot. Will said most of what my thoughts are. I was not expecting him to be the leader of Intelligentsia. Mm-hmm. Um, I, they totally set it up. They really did. He was a recurring character. Yeah. Uh, I just didn't expect it. I, I don't know how I missed it. Yeah, I mean, I, I definitely thought, I mean, I'm sure the leader, the uh, Tim Blake Nelson as the leader, Samuel Stearns, was definitely, like, on our mind of, like, since we knew, now he, now, now he's coming back, uh, like, that they were setting, potentially setting up the leader, but, oh, well, I mean, we know we're getting the leader back, so... If you think about it, though, this is actually is kind of like a cool power move mm-hmm. because old Marvel movies and just a lot of superhero movies in general, we always think that, oh, look at this, like, look at this crazy plan that they're going through to get this blood. It's got to be some super, like, developed, like, you know, evil genius or some shit like that. Mm-hmm. Some government, some things is trying to get at the end of the day, it was just some jackass with money. Right. And that's real. That's true. Like, if you think about it, there's a lot of people, like, billionaires and shit like that who buy things and put investments into things because they can. And even if they're not trying to do anything malicious with it, because I don't even know what he... He just thought he could have the powers better than her. Right. 
like I like he thought he could probably be a better superhero. You know what I mean? Yeah. Did he go about it the wrong way? But yeah, he had the money and power to do it. Right. And that was just some dude with lo- like low to average intelligence. He just had the money to do it. Right. Like a plan like that that went that poorly, or at least that was like. I don't want to say it went poorly because it ultimately worked, but like, like the like the way that it was organized. If it was if it was like the leader, wouldn't you want be disappointed that it took that kind of mentality to get her blood? Right. Very true. Like he originally sent people to jump her. Right. Like if it's somebody with like some intelligence who knew how the Hulk was, that's not how the plan would probably go right off for him, or at least she would send better muscle. Right. So the idea of what he was doing, like, it shows, it's just like, the, again, like I said, they really showed that supers, people with powers are becoming like a norm in this universe. And society adapts, both for the better and worse. You'll have people who try to take advantage of it. And Todd had the resources to do such things. True. And some guy with a lot of money can hire as many goons as he wants. Yeah. And he's always influ- influential. It, it the money talks and right. you say the right things you get the right fireworks the right pizzazz you can get a following and he did true very true um i guess before we talk about the family is like the is like the marvel version of gaston oh my god <laughs> tell me i'm wrong I, I look at how they like act think about the way they just per like they present themselves and shit like that yeah, I can see that. It's a similar mentality. He is like a Marvel version of Gaston. I can see it. Yeah. There. Um, before we get to the finale talk, I did want to talk about like Easter eggs, uh, other characters. Um, uh, obviously, the people that jump Jen in episode three and the Wrecker who comes back, that's part of the Wrecking Crew. So they're Mar- Marvel characters as well. Um, you got Leapfrog, of course, in episode eight. That's a famous, he's a famous Daredevil villain. Um, you've got, uh, episode seven, The Retreat also had Porcupine, uh, Manbull, and Al Aguila. Um, and then, like, you had the Immortal in episode six. Um, so, I mean, you had a bunch of, like, D-list comic characters. Oh, and then you had, like, the vampire dude that was, like, uh, supposed to be, like, setting up blade or something like it it reminded me of like blade a little bit um and so like yeah they were uh and then you had the magician dude donnie blaze who uh um so you you, like you you had a bunch of these like i guess d-list comic book characters that they brought in for cameos which is kind of cool so donnie blaze feels like it could be a reference to uh johnny blaze ghost rider yeah so that 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 was what I thought of, but then I was like, okay, well maybe this is a completely different character, but with a similar name. But also the guy was like his hype man, the Donnie Blaze's hype man. I shared it when that episode happened, but that old guy was is apparently like 104 years old, which is just insane. Um, but kudos to him for still acting and stuff at 104. Um. Uh, alright, let's talk about the finale, though, that fourth wall break, and, uh, Jen bursting in the writer's room and then going to talk to Kevin Feige, who ends up being a robot, (laughs) um, uh, working at writing everything, 
And uh, I thought, like, I, I understand the cleverness of it. I'm a little mixed on it as well, because, like, what does this actually mean for the full universe of, of the MCU? But I thought it was funny at points. I mean, you have Jen even mentioning, like, when are we going to get the X-Men in the MCU? And, like, then you, uh, the thing about, like, we're rushed on our VFX so we're because we're moving on to another project. And then they played, like, the little Wakandan drums for Wakanda Forever as the next project. So I thought... There was some, like, clever writing there, um, but I'm very mixed on what it could actually mean for the actual universe itself. Yeah, there was just a lot dropped and a lot hinted at, and uh, I don't know what they were doing with that. I did notice um, in the subtitles, before they revealed that Kevin was the artificial intelligence, mm -hmm. that it was an acronym in the subtitles already. So, okay. Um, I don't know if that was intentional or not, but that kind of gave it away a little bit before it did. Um, as far as them being meta with their humor, like I, I do enjoy fourth wall breaks. Will said uh, you were right. Um, sometimes it can be too much. I think some of the meta humor was a little over the top, particularly in reference to Disney specifically. Mm -hmm. um, it was kind of clever. Uh, I, I don't know. Just this, this whole thing, it just didn't land for me. I thought it was a good idea, a strong writing choice. I think it was done well, but it just wasn't to my taste. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. I think it was done really well. Um, so it, it's hard for me to find fault in it. Yeah, I'm just interested to see if this, like, actually comes up again, but I don't know. But, Will, what are your thoughts on, like, this finale decision? I thought it was really clever. Um, where I was talking about with the fourth wall break sometimes being too much, where I felt it was a little, I, I think it was just jarring because we went from just simply her talking to the audience mm -hmm. to just full on, like just interacting with the Disney plus screen, which was fucking hilarious. Yeah. I don't, I will not apologize as jarring as it was. It still was just, I was like, fuck it. They're committing to it at this point. I was like, props to, props to them for just jumping the shark here. And, but, um, yeah, no, I don't, I, I was listening to more just kind of like, I really appreciate like what the show is doing. And you got to remember this show was filmed and finished well before these fucking critiques came out. Yeah. They knew how we would react. Yeah. Like they are not dumb. Like these people, like they do this for a living for a reason. Like they see trends. They see how this society reacts they know how their community is going to react and the whole show was a, just a giant call out because then you get upset you're like well that's just like literally they remember they fucking had this shit finished before just because like the episodes aren't posted on the app doesn't mean they weren't finished and produced already right it was done they just didn't post the episodes yeah but like they knew how we would react, and or at least how a portion of the audience would react. Love the cause. I love them just full-on speed running through different projects that we have rumors for already. Some ways it confirmed. Other ways it didn't confirm because they were like, ah, save it for the movie. Now it's either it adds to the rumors or disclaims the rumors or like it just straight up confirms, you know, that, yeah, hey, there's going to be a Hulk movie, you know? Or at least something, a project with the Hulk. And we even got more confirmation with that. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I thought it was cool. Uh, Jake, I will, I, sh I will tell you, don't be so worried about it with the whole Kevin thing. How it'll affect the universe. 
Because the way I look at it is, too, I feel like it was just... It was She-Hulk's way of pretty much kind of, like, sitting the audience down and be like, listen, it's going to be fucking okay. Mm-hmm. Like, you you still buy our products, you still do all this shit, even though you absolutely hate on half the newest fa- projects we do in this phase, you still come back. Yeah. Have faith in us. We, we like... Trust us. We're not like we're not gonna. Not everything Marvel does has been out of the park. Right. We have a listing that shows that they have been mid to below average. But even then, their below average movies are still better than some of the most garbage movies we've seen out there in the world. Right. <laughs> yeah. I think it was. It was a very fitting ending for the what the type of show was. It's just I wish we would have gotten more kind of buildups throughout the episodes of her just doing these kind of like crazy ass wall break, fourth wall breaks. Mm-hmm. Because it really jarred me when they just went full out with it. But once I settled in, I was like, I'm all for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I found it, like, interesting. I think it worked better what they did, obviously, than what they called out. Like, what would have been if they just stuck with this giant CGI final fight. And, you know, like, they usually do. And they called themselves out for doing it in, like, these show in Phase 4 specifically with the shows. Like, a lot of the other shows have ended that way, so, like, I appreciated that they didn't just go the route of She-Hulk fighting CGI Hulk Todd and Hulk fighting Abomination, and I, you know, they could have definitely stuck with that route if they really had wanted to, but they decided to be creative with it. So. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's them calling themselves out, too. Like, I know they said it was, like, them sitting down with the audience right there the show but they did call themselves out too like they recognize like the themes and what they are and tropes aren't a bad thing there's a reason why tropes exist mm-hmm. because they've worked for so long yes you get tired of the same trope and you want to see a different trope every now and then but there's a reason why certain why tropes are successful it's just they work they're great tools of storytelling there's nothing wrong with going with old reliable it's just do it well right but right. like they they called out what a lot of people have criticized in the past about Marvel, and when they do that and they call themselves out, the fans that we we are very ungrateful in a lot of ways. Yeah, because like they'll call it. The, they literally admit it, it's like yeah we don't need to do this, and the fans got what they wanted something different, and people are still probably going to be really bitchy about it, be like well now I really wanted a big fight. That's not the show what what the show was for. Mm-hmm. That's not the style of what the story was being told. I didn't like how uh, Love and Thunder was told. Their story was right. It was the style that they went in through. It wasn't for me, but it, I'm not going to sit here and tell you it was a terrible movie because of it. Mm-hmm. It's just it wasn't something that vibe with. You don't vibe with the show because it's not your way of storytelling. It's fine, but don't be like, oh shit, it's gone to shit because we tried to focus on She-Hulk. No, there's other reasons you could critique a show. Other than hitting below the belt and getting fucking personal with shit. Right. Agreed. Totally agreed. I'm very done with the incels uh, online. But um, let's move on to our last two like big reveals. Obviously, uh, before the show ends, Hulk shows back up for real uh, from Sakaar and says that he now uh, has a son, Scar, which is from the comics, and... Um, I guess we don't really know the actor that's playing Scar because it was CGI and whatnot and didn't speak, but, um, 
yeah, I, I that's really cool, and, like, we su- suspected something was leaning towards a World War Hulk type of thing or whatever they're planning for that, but I'm, I'm interested to see what happens. Like I said, it, they could go, like, a prequel route, like Black Widow or Captain Marvel, and set it around the time of Ragnarok if they wanted to go back and give people a World War Hulk movie um, at that point, because maybe they would go that route and they will explain Scar at that point. Um, who knows? Because we do know also Ragnarok explained that time on Sakaar passed differently, um, so it would allow for time for Hulk to have a son there. So, but your guys' thoughts? Um, this very much falls in line with the way that Hulk's storyline has been being developed throughout the MCU. Mm-hmm. Again, we're getting bits and pieces through non-Hulk shows and movies you know he's in something else and we get uh some character development or some plot development and so i i don't know we just we don't get a lot of hulk we just get a lot of things that have happened to hulk right and so it's time for hulk you know yeah hopefully uh well your thoughts on scar being revealed so i was very surprised to see scar and it kind of just makes me wonder, like, where they're going to fit it in on the timeline. Mm-hmm. With him going to back to Sicard, um, I literally slaughtered that. I'm sick. Shoot me. I don't care. Um, um, it could be a matter when he said, I have business to attend to. That's probably, like, him going to reunite with his son because I feel like when the first ship showed up, it probably was, like, his probably picked up on some kind of cue like mm, might actually have a kid over there that i kind of forgot about or didn't really get the you know work with since thor kind of just came in and plucked hulk the other guy yeah and the other guy agreed to go with them right so bruce probably felt a little guilty in some ways or maybe like it happened like you said Baruki, maybe he had the son during that time shift over there you know maybe like he really spent a long time over there mm-hmm. um the, so depending on how they do it, though, it also kind of makes me feel like we're not going to really see the other guy, Hulk, like the other side of his personality, mm-hmm. or the other guy, I should just say. Just I, I wish there was like an actual name for that that Hulk. I'll just refer to it as Savage Hulk. Mm-hmm. But like with how Bruce was back on planet Earth and Sakaar looking pretty calm, too, I feel like a whole lot has happened. Yeah. Like, I really feel like that's what the movie's going to be about, was that interaction and so much happened between them on the planet and then on their way back. So I'm hoping maybe we see a little bit more moments where Bruce is battling with the other guy more in his own head. Yeah. Being probably back on that planet really starts triggering that, like, that fight or flight defense again. Mm-hmm. And so I really hope we see that more. Now, this is going to be, if they do full-out confirm a Hulk movie, or even if it's just a show, this is where I really want them to go in-depth and figure the fuck out what they want to do with Hulk. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that this is where I think we'll get it. But it's cool. Still a Hulk friend at, fan at the end of the day. So I'm a sucker. Like, they showed, they showed that at the end of the screen. I'm like, you son of a bitch. As much as I hated what you did to my boy, I'm invested on this because I need to know what you're going to do with him. Right. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm interested to see what happens for sure. Um, 
last post credit or last scene in the post credit, Juan shows up because Abomination broke his parole, so he's back in prison. And Juan uh, takes Abomination to Camertage. Um, Abomination could be on the Thunderbolts now. We don't know exactly what else is going to happen to Abomination, but it's nice that we will get confirmation that we will get more of that character. Yeah, it's just more of Juan popping in again, doing his shit, and then us <laughs> figuring out how it plays in the fact there. You know, who, who knows? Juan could be on the Thunderbolts for all we know at this point. Who yeah. knows? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of interesting choices that they picked for the Thunderbolts because a lot of it is from Black Widow, evidently, <laughs> um, uh, comparatively. And I know that was kind of a complaint was a lot of characters are somewhat similar with their powers, um, but we'll just have to see. And, you know, like originally, you know, you have Red Hulk, but that doesn't seem to be the direction we have yet with this mcu mm -hmm. so abomination is probably the the next best thing you could probably plug into mm -hmm. to fit that role so i'm not upset with it you know what i mean it's i mean we very well still could see red hulk you know, who knows yeah be very that'd be a fun surprise you know we'll we'll definitely talk about um some nerdy news with marvel after this but jj you have anything to say on this last scene um, not really. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't know what the point is. So, we'll see. Yeah. True. Alright, well, let's get to rankings for She-Hulk. I have it as, I'm pretty sure I have it as 22nd in mine. I liked it. Um, it's kind of like, I, I, I'm, comedy didn't always land for me a lot of times, uh, you know, a lot of times it still did. Um, I, I think... I don't know, they're, I, I get what Will was saying about, like, they knew what they were doing with certain characters that maybe just didn't get developed enough, like Todd and Titania, I get why they went the route they did, I just wish maybe they w we would have gotten more development, I guess, and explanations, but it's fine, um, it's just kind of like, to me, I kind of prefer a lot of the movies and some of these uh, shows specifically this year have kind of fallen close to the same for me, but I really did enjoy like Daredevil coming back and the getting to know Jen and kind of, so I, I liked it. Um, me putting it at 22 is not saying I hated it. Really, I even, I enjoy aside from like maybe the bottom five that I have in my own personal rankings, I enjoy what like rewatching and watching most everything and the bottom five is just stuff i least like to rewatch or revisit um but i uh yeah i i i think for me 22 and i assume you guys are going to be a little bit higher which is but it might be around at least in the teens which i think is a fair spot for she hulk um i thought it was a solid show uh the finale like I said, it just kind of didn't land for me. Um, I, I just didn't enjoy it, but I thought it was really clever. I thought they did a lot of good things with the show. Um, Well-designed. It was nice and different. Um, so I, I think like a solid like low teens, or, or I guess like high teens rather, like 18, 19, maybe 20-ish. Okay. Uh, so I guess I'll average that, put it at 19. Okay. 
Will? Uh, I got it in like my lower twenties. You know, it's not not crazy. Like it, there's just better projects out there. Obviously, right. That's all. Like I, I mean, I'm not too picky. I got it probably around the twenty-two spot. I got closer to twenty-two than I probably do nineteen. You know, that's just my thought on that. It felt like one of those kind of shows. Mm-hmm. You know, not really Mike. Not really something that you know. I'm glad I watched it because there are certain things that information that I enjoyed about that I got out of it. Mm-hmm. But like at the end of the day, it's like eh, ultimately, ultimately not my cup of tea. Right. And I think that's very fair uh, to have it there. I know my dad as well. It wasn't, re- it hasn't really been his cup of tea. He hasn't seen the last two episodes. My mom and dad haven't, but I know that it's not really my dad's cup of tea either so far. So, which is perfectly fine. Um, all right. So that would like average it out at like probably 21st or 20th, I think with JJ's 19 and Will and I have it at 22nd. Am I right in that or... Yeah, that sounds fine. What, uh, what's around there? Okay, so... Um, oh, sorry. Uh, around the 22 to, like, 19 spot, uh, Spider-Man Far From Home is at 19, Captain America First Avenger is at 20, Falcon and Winter Soldier is at 21, and Loki is at 22. Oh, fuck, yeah, you, you know what? Yeah, that sounds about fucking right, even though I still Between. think Loki's a little too high. Yeah, no, that sounds about right for me. <laughs> Between Falcon and Loki? Yeah, I'm fine with that. Higher than Loki, though, right? Yeah, it's one spot higher than Loki. Good. Take that, fucking Loki. <laughs> My god. <laughs> Werewolf by Night is at 18, so I just decided to put that. I mean... Uh, I... That's fine. That's fine. That's yeah. perfect. It's higher than fucking Loki. <laughs> um, But JJ still has to watch Werewolf by Night, so I'll just... uh. Um, I, I know also, JJ, did you wa- say you did watch Miss Marvel eventually? Uh, yeah, I, um, let's talk about that though on another podcast. I'm running a little short on time. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, um, yeah, that works. Um, all right, uh, let's just get to nerdy news real quick. Um, Hugh Jackman is back as Wolverine in Deadpool 3. I wanted to kind of talk about that with you guys. That shocked me. I'm sure it shocked you guys maybe that Hugh Jackman was up for returning as Wolverine. Um, But A, money. B, Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman are, like, really good friends. So I understand it. And, like, it's one more time. And I guess they've said that they're not undoing what happened in Logan. Um uh so i guess we'll just have to see what happens with that and deadpool 3 being in the mcu and I, it's gonna Knowing be exciting. that it's a deadpool movie it's literally probably gonna be like a few second cameo yeah and also at the same time like it's cool don't get me wrong but i'm also like i'm not getting my hopes up that you know it's gonna be some like we're gonna get some badass you know wolverine and deadpool fighting scenes together you know like i'm it, it, it Deadpool is a movie series that's meant for trolling and shit like that. You know right. what I mean? True. I'm excited nonetheless. Do not get me wrong. I am very excited. Even if it is for like a solid 10 seconds, I would be like, all right, that makes fucking sense. That's on brand of a Deadpool kind of movie series. Right. To like be like, hey, guess who's fucking coming in? All right, cool. Here he is. Like we promised. Now, bye. Bye, Hugh. And he'll be gone. <laughs> and, and so I can see that happening. I'm not putting it past them, but I am very excited. It's cool to see Hugh back. I think I think enough times passed for him. 
mm-hmm. at this point where he's probably at least more accepting to that. And like you said, money, you know, money always talks. But I think enough time has passed for him that where he's he's ready to do another brief intro back. Because I really doubt we're about to be seeing some new fucking Wolverine movies again with Hugh Jackman in it. I, I doubt that too. Um, yeah, JJ, any thoughts on Hugh Jackman being back? Yeah, I I was convinced he was just done. Yeah. Um, and Deadpool two wasn't my favorite, so like I'm yeah. kind of meh on the prospect of Deadpool three anyway. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll see how it goes. I think it's I think Will's probably got a good point here. It may just be a small cameo. Yeah, well, and we know uh, X-Men First Class for Fox, that Wolverine just showed up to say, fuck you, and then <laughs> that was it. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, so it could be something similar. Um, all right, uh, then Blade has been delayed in the MCU. Uh, director got fired, and Mahershala Ali is reportedly very upset and just, like, trying to rewrite everything because... Apparently what has been leaked that the script was not well written or anything and Marsha Ali is like super involved with making sure uh, Blade in the MCU lands. So I respect it. I, I respect when they, they're willing to make delays for shit, for shit like that. Especially mm-hmm. for a character that's been due a revival like Blade. Because mm-hmm. Blade's been out technically in the Marvel world. He's also in that same realm like Daredevil and the Punisher. Right, like he was, uh, he was still before them, obviously, but like still, like I kind of roped them three together because they're clearly Marvel characters, but they still never found a home in the MC universe. So, you know, I, I I'm glad they're taking their time with it. If they need to delay it to get the script back into a, a standard that they want, fine by me. I appreciate that shit. We've gone this long without a Blade movie. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to wait longer for that shit. We got plenty of other cool projects projects coming out in the meantime to keep us entertained. So by all means, I, I really hope they take their time with this. Yeah, for sure. Um, JJ, any thoughts on that? Not particularly. I'm used to delays with Marvel at this point. Yeah. All right, uh, Wakanda Forever coming out in a few weeks. Obviously, we'll talk about that uh, at some point. Only other thing I had, non-Marvel related now, the Mario movie got a trailer with Chris Pratt as Mario. Uh, Charlie Day is playing Luigi, and Jack Black is playing Bowser. Um, Jack Black going super... I, I, I liked seeing Bowser do some cool stuff in the trailer. Um, like, the animation looks really good. I'm interested in actually hearing chris pratt more as mario than more like more than two seconds um obviously they're going with more of like a brooklyn accent than italian uh plumber but like i don't know we'll just have to see what happens with this if a fuck if mario goes like i'm fucking walking here like <laughs> I, I will lose my goddamn shit i will lose my goddamn shit but no real talk can we talk about how fucking like awesome jack black is yeah in that fucking brief trailer like jack black's got so much goddamn hype as he deserves like bowser about to fucking like shred up on shit like this is yeah. dope yeah he if he uh i'm hoping he gets to do a drop kick on someone <laughs> like in smash <laughs> but i'm most excited for charlie day to be honest yeah, for Luigi. Oh my god, Tony. He's going to be so freaking fun, honestly. Like, this Don't is... Don't touch that one! Oh, wait. 
Never mind. This one's good. Sorry. It's <laughs> like perfect casting as Luigi. Like I really can't. I really can't complain about that. Oh my god, it's gonna be so good. Um. All right. Well, I think that's it. Uh, I think we're on a crunch for time, so we'll just end there. But um, we'll be back probably to talk uh, Black Panther Wakanda Forever in the middle of November. So. Uh, oh, one last thing though. Oh, like, yeah. I don't know how true this is, but have you guys been seeing those posts about like a Legend of Zelda like show or movie cast? Uh, like, yeah. Like, Tom Holland as Link, and then Danny DeVito is in this <laughs> as Ganondorf. There's no, no, it wouldn't be. No, I didn't think this was real, but I really wanted it to be real. I wasn't sure because at first I saw, I was like, "There's no fucking way," but they're making a Mario movie, so. Smash. I would put a pass in the new Legend of Zelda. Smash Bros. Cinematic Universe, it's coming. We got Sonic, we got Mario now, we got Detective Pikachu. <laughs> like, it's coming. They got Seth Rogen's Donkey Kong. Oh, God, that's going to be... I'm going to get turned off by Donkey Kong, by Seth Rogen's laugh, I feel like, in the movie. It's just... Randomly, you're going to hear Seth Rogen's laugh, and it's just going to be like, okay, uh, Keegan Michael Key is from Keen Peel is also voicing Toad. So, um, but anyway, let's uh, let's end it here. Uh, we'll see you all next time uh, for Black Panther: Wakanda Forever in a few weeks on the Tribe of Nerds. <laughs>